Hi, everyone. So welcome to the live stream today. Very much excited for having you on our second session on corporate uh, ethical issues for uh professional accountants. Yesterday, we started with the discussion and looked at the five fundamental code of ethics that professional accountants must adhere to in their work, in their duties. And we saw the issue about integrity, uh, objectivity, professional competence and due care, confidentiality, and then we knit it down to professional behavior. And today we want to look at the part two of this discussion, and that is going to be the issue about the threat of the uh, ethics or uh, the threat to the professional code of ethics that we want to look out for. I see some of you guys joining. You are welcome to the live stream. I'm going to be uh, sharing my screen with you in a moment and then we'll get into the discussion. If there are any questions you have, you know what to do. Put it in the chat, put it in the comment section for me. We are live on YouTube as well as live on Facebook uh, uh, in that case and we want to see what we can do in that. So without wasting much time, I'm going to go straight up into my slide and then we begin the discussion real quick now notes that like i mentioned you can listen to the audio uh, or get our podcast on all podcast streaming uh, platform just type in shira premium and you're going to get the access to the podcast and be listening to it whether you are driving eating jogging or doing something else that doesn't require you to be watching in that case so you can get all our audio lectures on our podcast day so let's get straight up into our discussion for the day as we uh look at it sorry about that so yesterday we started with the professional code of ethics uh we mentioned the issue about integrity saying that hey integrity has to do with where uh the professional accountant is going to be straightforward and honest in all professional dealings and we mentioned that the objective of integrity is to enable the professional accountant not to uh issue or provide misleading financial statements to the users of the financial statement and we emphasize also on the fact that as professional accountants, we need to be honest both to the client entity or the users of the financial statements and then also to the regulatory authority. Then we came to the issue about objectivity. We mentioned that the issue about objectivity means that the professional accountant will be exercising a lot of professional judgments. Now, when exercising these professional judgments, the professional accountants must ensure not to allow bias, conflict of interest, and undue influence to impact or affect these uh, judgments in that case, to affect these judgments in that case. Then we came to professional competence. We said competence is about having the requisite skills and knowledge for the job required. And then due care has to do with carrying the work in a manner that is expected to be carried out uh, as professional accountants there. Then we spoke about confidentiality. This is where I mentioned that as a professional accountant, you need to zip your lips. You must ensure that you're not saying a lot of things. You're not talking when you're not supposed to talk. You're not saying things that you get you come into contact with as you carry out your work as a professional uh, accountant. But we said, hey, there are a couple of exceptions that are available where we don't need the client's permission. We can still share the information and we will be safe in that case. And the last one, we spoke about the professional behavior that professional accountants must not engage in any transaction or must be involved in any transaction or anything that brings discredit or that damage the reputation 
of the profession. So what we want to continue with today is the threats to the code of ethics. That is the various things that uh, uh, affects or that makes the professional accountant not to be able to adhere to the code of ethics. And that is what we want to start our discussion with today. I see some of you guys joining. You are welcome. This is the part two of the code of ethics for professional accountants. We are discussing the importance of the code of ethics. Give us a thumbs up on the video and share the video. Let us reach as many students as possible. If there are any questions, most importantly, I want you to drop into the comment section for those of you on Facebook or in the chat for those of you who are watching us on YouTube. I want to hear from you. What are some of the things you would want me to share my thought on? Put it in the comment section. Put it in the chat. I want to hear from you in that case. So threats to code of ethics. Now, in case you missed yesterday's lecture, you can check the description of this video. You'll be able to watch the part one uh, of this lecture of yesterday's discussion so that you wouldn't miss uh, it in that case. So let's get into the discussion for the day, threats to the code of ethics. We mentioned that the threat to the code of ethics are the various activities, uh, transactions, circumstances, or situations which prevent the professional accountant from adhering to the code of ethics. So any transaction, any event, any situation or circumstance that prevents the professional accountant from adhering to the code of ethics will be referred to as the threat to the code of ethics, the threat to the code of ethics. So all the events, transactions, situations, situations, or circumstances which prevents the professional accountants from adhering to the code of ethics can be referred to as the threats to the code of ethics. Now, what are these threats to code of ethics? What are these threats to code of ethics, uh, really? What are these threats? There are five broad threats to the code of ethics that we want to share our thoughts on real quick. And I want you to stay with me carefully here because I'm going to look at these threats from the perspective of the management accountants, from the perspective of the auditor, from the perspective of the financial accountants. Like I'm going to try to look at it from all the perspective so that we can contextualize the topic in the very subject that ethics is required. Remember, I mentioned that if you are doing management accounting, this is an important topic. If you are doing corporate reporting, there is a 10-mark question waiting for you. If you are doing advanced audit and assurance, 10-mark question waiting for you. If you are doing financial reporting, there is a question on this waiting for you. So ethics is a crucial area if you are doing any of these subjects. Even if you are doing advanced taxation, there is an ethical issue part of advanced taxation that you have to be aware of as a student in that case. So let's start with the journey. The first threat to the code of ethics is referred to as the self-interest threat. Self-interest threat. Now, when we talk about self-interest threat, what do we mean? Now, like the name, the name is going to help us, okay? The name of all these threads will help us. So we don't have to uh, think a lot. We don't have to uh, make a lot of things up. We just have to think organically about the threads, and then we will be able to understand what is going on there. So the first one is self-interest. Self-interest. What does this mean? It is a threat which arises where the professional accountant has um, whatever, um, um, financial, uh, uh, financial or non-financial benefits in an entity, a transaction, or 
an undertaking. So we say that it arises, it arises where the professional accountant where the professional accountants have either financial or non-financial, either financial or non-financial benefits benefits in an entity, a transaction or an activity. That's the first one. Now, please stay with me carefully here as I try to unpack this for you. So stay with me very carefully. That is the first one, self-interest. So this, this, this is the thread that you are presented with or that a professional accountant uh, is exposed to due to the professional accountant having what? Either financial or non-financial benefits in a transaction. So if you remember yesterday, I was using an illustration. Let me go back and refer to that illustration again. Yesterday, I was using this illustration to explain the points. I'm going to emphasize on this illustration and then use it again to, for you to understand. So let's say again, for instance, you are an accountant. So your company is looking for or uh, going for a loan from the bank. And one of the requirements is that you have to bring out audited financial statements. So you are preparing the financial statement. Now, as you are preparing the financial statement, your CEO comes and tells you that leases or the leases that you have, all the leases should be categorized as current liabilities. But then that is against the accounting standard IFRS 16 leases. Because in accordance with IFRS 16 leases, leases must be categorized into current and then non-current. But here you are, your CEO is telling you that categorize the lease as a current liability. Why is that? Because when we do that, the jeering position of the entity is going to reduce. It's going to reduce. Does that make sense? It's going to reduce. So why are you doing that? Because your CEO has told you that if you and they prepare the financial statement so that the bank sees it and then the company is able to get a loan, you get an increase in salary. What is happening in there? Immediately you are presented with that, that's going to put you in a spot of what we refer to as what? The self-interest threat. Because you realize that now that loan, you have an interest in it because your increment in salary, your promotion is dependent on that loan. So that transaction, that event, that, that, that undertaking presents you with a threat so that you now have an interest in the whole thing. So now you'll be thinking, do you look at your increment or the increment in your salary or you adhere with a code of ethics? Before you know it, your professional judgment is going to be affected. So self-interest threat affects the objectivity of the professional accountant. Self-interest threat also affects the integrity of the professional accountant. So your objectivity is going to be on the line because now your professional judgment is going to be affected because you are interested in looking at your salary, the benefit that you are getting or you'll be getting at the end of the day, then it is going to affect your integrity because here you are, 
as a professional accountant, you are not supposed to uh, produce misleading financial statement to the users of the financial statement. But here you are going to be producing a misleading financial statement to the bank so that it can approve of the loan so you can also get your increment in uh, your increment uh, the increment in your salary at the end of the day that is what we mean by the self interest threat that's what we mean by the self interest threat so anytime that a professional accountant has an interest has something to gain in an entity in a transaction in an activity it's puts that accountant or it puts the accountant in a spot where the accountant's uh, objectivity and integrity is going to be affected. Now, remember, immediately your objectivity and your integrity is affected, then as a professional accountant, what's going to be happening is that professionally, you're not going to be behave well. Okay? Professionally, you're, gonna, you're not going to behave well. For that reason, due care will be taken for granted. There may be negligence. So the way and manner you are supposed to carry out the work, you're not going to carry it out the way you are supposed to carry it out. Now, what am I trying to do? I told you yesterday that understanding the ethics simply means, number one, identifying the threats that a person is exposed to and trying to link the threat to the fundamental code of ethics. So get a context of the explanation very well, because this thing is not about chewing baba and going away. No, it's about how the threat connects and how you explain your points in the explanation so that is very very important so that is the first thing self-interest rate now from the perspective of the auditor on an audit firm self-interest rate can also come from uh, various other sources such as uh, having a financial interest in a company that is why for instance uh, we say that a, a, a shareholder of a company cannot be an auditor an agent of the company cannot be an auditor. Then also there could be something about contingent fees. So contingent fee, it's more or less like, hey, if you help us so that we get a loan, 0.5% uh, of the loan will be given to you as a bonus. Okay, so that is a contingent fee. What does it mean? It means that as you are preparing the financial statement, you are not really thinking about how the financial statement will be faithfully representing the entity, but all you are uh, looking at is uh, how you can get that benefit at the end of the day. So contingent fees is one of the ways that an auditor is going to be exposed to what we call the self-interest threat at the end of the day. Then an auditor is also going to be exposed when it, there is what we call overdue fees. So for instance, you've undertaken the work, but your fee has not been given to you yet. What does that mean? It means that you are still working, but you are not paid yet. Now, what's going to be happening is that now you have an interest in the company and you want to continue to prepare and present the financial statement in a manner that it will be approved by the responsible parties. So as a professional accountant, these are some of the things that you are exposed to in self-interest threats. Again, from the perspective of the management accountant also, we are exposed to this. Because if you're a management accountant, what's going to be happening is that, let's say you are preparing the budget of the company and they are thinking about looking at the issue in relation to the uh, wage rate that they are, they are supposed to use so that you can prepare the cash budget or they can prepare the budgeted statement of profit or loss and budgeted statement of financial position. 
Now, so they are thinking about bonuses and overtime. And because you know you are going to be getting some, you, your professional judgment is going to be affected whilst trying to determine the salary with the HR department of the organization. That is the issue about self-interest rate. It arises when the professional accountant is in a, a position where his professional uh, uh, judgment, his due care, his integrity, and definitely his professional behavior are on the line. What does that mean then? It means that uh, the way we mitigate these risks will, or these threats, this threat, sorry, will include, for instance, uh, this, uh, maybe selling off the interest. Let's say we are auditors and we have interest in the company. What we do is that we will sell the interest that we have in the company. Now, remember, you can't just sell the interest and accept the appointment. That's not done. You cannot sell the interest and appoint, accept the appointment. There has to be some gap coming in. Then you need to also avoid issues in relation to uh, declining or being involved in any transaction that brings you or have you having some benefits. And we'll look at some of the uh, safeguards and some of the uh, issues or things we can do to limit some of these threats. That is the first thing, self-review threats. Now, from the perspective of the auditor also, the self, did I say self-review? Self-interest threat. Now, there, from the perspective of the auditor, there is also another one called low bailing. Low bailing. Now, the idea about low bailing is where the audit firm or the auditor charges a lower audit fee, usually for a first-time engagement, in order to get more engagement in the future. So, for instance, let's say we are an audit firm and we charge whatever. Let's say... Uh, $50,000 for an audit. But then this new client has come to us. Then we say, oh, because of the situation that is running now, because of the things that are running now, we understand. So um, we will charge you $30,000. With the hope that they will give us other non-assurance services, like preparation of their financial statements, like valuing their assets for them, like preparing their... Uh, undertaking audits of their prospective financial information or preparing some bid contract for them because we know we will make money from all of these sources. So what does that mean? As we are carrying out the audit, our mind is not really on carrying out a quality audit, all other things being equal. Why is that? Because you are going to do the audit so that you can satisfy the company so they can give you these other jobs so you can make money. <laughs> are you getting it? So all these puts the professional accountant in a position where he is exposed to what is called the self-interest threat. So in order for us to eliminate or remove this threat, what is going to be happening is that the professional accountant must ensure that he is not involved in any transaction, in any activity, in any uh, uh, position that exposes him to some of these threats. That is what we need to understand about self-interest threats. Then we move on to the second one, self-review threat. Self-review threat. Again, just listen to the name, self-review, self-review. Now, it is a threat which arises as a result of the professional accountant uh, carrying out the issue in relation to uh, reviewing a report or 
uh, an assessment that he was involved in putting together. L let me explain that to you. Let's say you're a management accountant and then your company's budget for the year, you were involved in the preparation of the budget. And then as you present the budget to the board, the board says, hey, go and look into the budget that has been prepared and find out what was, uh, if everything is right. But you were involved in the budget preparation. So if they give it to you again to go and view, I mean, you're not going to do the reviewing the way you are expected to do it, assuming you were not the one who did it or assuming you were not involved in putting it together. That is the idea about self-review threats. Or from the perspective of the audit firm, the auditor cannot be involved in the preparation and presentation of financial statements. Why? Because preparation and presentation of financial statements is the sole responsibility of the management of the organization. So if we as auditors are involved in the preparation and presentation of financial statements, and we are the same people going to independently examine the financial statement, then our objectivity is going to be impaired, our professional behavior is going to be affected, and we may be issuing an auditor's report that will be misleading to the users of the financial statement. That is what we mean by self-review threat. When the professional accountant is required to give a review on a report or a document upon which he was involved in preparing. Does that make sense? Self-review threat. Self-review threat. So it arises where the professional accountant is required to provide an independent report or assessment on a document or activity in which he, she was involved in undertaking something like that so what is the issue here that is why auditors cannot prepare financial statements self-review threats the auditor cannot prepare financial statements why is that because if you prepare the financial statement you are going to be exposing yourself to a self-review threat Any questions, please? I see some of you guys joining. You are welcome. This is the part two of our ethical issues, and we are looking at the threats. Give us the thumbs up on the video if you are getting some values and also some value, and also share the video. Let us reach many students. In case you've not subscribed to our YouTube channel, make sure you subscribe to the channel and click the bell notification icon. That way, when I go live, you'll be notified by YouTube so you can join me on the live stream in that case. So remember, self-review threat also affects certainly objectivity of the auditor. Are you getting it? Definitely due care. 
Okay? Definitely integrity. In that particular case, that sometimes the self-review threat could have some confidentiality issues that we need to talk uh, about. I see some chats coming in. Let's see if I can address them real quick. Ankama Ebenezer Kwabena, Veronica Amenofe, Kwekubili, and then Eric Ahiadeki. Thank you very much for the thumbs up on uh, Facebook. Really appreciate it. Thanks very much. On YouTube, we see some chats coming in. Let's see if we can uh, read some of the chats coming up on the YouTube. Joseph Mumbi said, very encouraging. Great man. Thanks. Remain blessed. Remain blessed also. Good evening, boss. God bless you for more knowledge. Thank you. God bless you too. Uh, Veronica said, good evening. Good evening, Vero. I hope you're doing well. Joshua Boachi Adam said, good evening, sir. Good evening, Joshua. Then Joshua said, uh, you are doing a great job for Mother Ghana and the world. Thank you very much, Joshua Yeah, Adam. I see some of you guys joining. Welcome. Comment below any questions you have for me, uh, something you want me to share my thought on, something I explained you did not understand. Comment below, and I'm going to be providing you with the answer to all of that as we continue with our discussion right here as we continue with our discussion right here so that's the second thing self-review threats then we go to the next one and that's going to be advocacy threats so number three advocacy threat advocacy threats advocacy threats now again the words will help us okay the first one was self-interest it means you have something to gain in the deal so that is why it becomes a threat self-review it means you are involved in putting together something that you are required to now reassess or scrutinize or examine then advocacy what does it mean to advocate to advocate simply means that to uh, speak on someone's behalf to represent someone or to promote the point of view of someone at the end of the day so advocacy threat arises where the professional accountant promotes a point of view of their client entity in such a manner that his objectivity is what affected in in the process so it arises It arises where the professional accountant. It arises where the professional accountant where the professional accountant is. Promoting, representing, or making third parties aware of the relationship. with the clients 
So let me explain what's going on here with advocacy threats. So let's say, for instance, we are auditors, right? And uh, a firm is going for a loan again. So the bank says, bring prospective financial information. Now, for those of you doing advanced audit and assurance, this is one of the things under non-assurance services you must know about. So the, the firm says, the bank says we should bring prospective financial information. Okay. This prospective financial information must be audited. So we were engaged to provide uh, an assurance on this. And this one is going to be uh, in accordance with I3 International Standards on Review Engagement. So we're going to be giving uh, a negative assurance on this kind of thing. So we finished and we gave our assurance report. And the management says, hey, can you guys go with us to go and negotiate the loan with the bank? Mm. You have to be careful. Why are you being asked to go and negotiate the loan with the bank? If you agree and you go, then the bank will see you as somebody who is related to the client entity. For that reason, if something happens, you are going to be liable. That is the issue about what? Advocacy. So if we represent the client, so representing the client in a negotiation, it could be an advocacy threat. It could be an advocacy threat. It could be an advocacy threat. Maybe we are partners with a client. It could be an advocacy threat. Maybe we are promote or promoting or advertising the client's activity on uh, our website or our social media handle. That is also going to be advocating. So as auditors, we must put ourselves, we, or we must not put ourselves in a spot where we are seen to be advocating for the client entity. Another scenario or example that I use very well in relation to this particular one is, for instance, let's say that a firm uh, has a court case. Okay, so there is a court case that a firm uh, has currently. And we, we, we assess and we realize that their lawyers are not, or they don't have the money to really get good lawyers to help them win the case. But we know that if this company loses the case, we as an audit firm, we too, we're going to be losing some money at the end of the day because we cannot uh, represent or have more work or activities from the client entity. So what do we do? We, let, we tell the company that, hey, don't worry. These people will show them. We will let our lawyers come and represent you. You, dear, all you have to do is to buy fuel for their car and they will come and represent you and let's win the case together. What are we doing? It is an advocacy threat. We are creating more relationship. We are creating more environment. We are creating more uh, 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 settings where our objectivity is now going to be what? Affected. Because when we now help the company to win the case, what's going to happen? What's going to happen is that we sort of become part of them. And so the threats of familiarity and the threat of independence is going to be what? Breached at the end of the day. We will no longer be independent because they will see us now as part of them, even though officially we are not part of them. Okay? Even though officially they are not part of them. That is the issue about advocacy threats. We promoting the entity, representing the entity, or making third parties to be aware that we have a relationship with the entity. That is what we mean by advocacy threats.
advocacy threats. So anytime we are doing something on behalf of the client entity, we become an advocate. If we are preparing the financial statement of the entity, that's an advocacy threat as well. So from the perspective of the auditor, these are some of the things we can uh, talk about. From the perspective of the accountant also, there are points that we can raise in relation to this particular one. But that is the third thing, advocacy threats. Now, how do we reduce this? Make sure you're not representing the clients, period. Make sure we are not partners with the clients, period. Make sure we are not promoting the clients, period. As an audit firm, we cannot do that. As an audit firm, we cannot do that. Because if we do that, we are advocating for them and that can affect our integrity, professional behavior as auditors as well in that particular case. That is the third thing, advocacy threat. So let's contextualize. Number one, self-interest threat. It is where the professional accountant is having some benefits either financial or non-financial, in the client entity. When there, this threat is present, it affects their objectivity, the due care, the integrity, the professional behavior of the professional accountant. There is self-review threat. This is where the professional accountant is involved in the preparation and presentation of a certain report, of a certain financial statement, of a certain document, and that now he is being required to provide a review on that document. That is a self-review threat. Then advocacy threat. It is where the professional accountant is representing, promoting the point of view, and it demonstrating to third parties that they are the people who represent the client entity. When these things are there, they affect the objectivity, they affect the integrity, they affect the due care, they affect the professional behavior of the client entity. Sometimes, when we are not careful, advocacy threats can affect uh, confidentiality. Can affect confidentiality. Because once we are representing the client entity, if we are not careful, we may say things we are not supposed to say. We may disclose information we are not supposed to what, disclose. So one of the connections that advocacy threat has is that it could affect the confidentiality or cause the auditor to breach the confidentiality threat in that part, or the code of confidentiality in that case. That is the third thing, advocacy. Advocacy. But there is another threat that the auditor is exposed to or the professional accountant is exposed to because of relationship, and that is familiarity threat. That is familiarity threat. Familiarity threats. Now, I see some of you guys joining. You are welcome. This is the part two of our discussion on code of ethics. Uh, give us a thumbs up on the video if you are getting some value already. Share the video with somebody. Let us reach as many students as possible watching the live stream so that we can continue with the discussion. Familiarity threats. Now, what is family? Family means having a relationship with somebody. Family means having uh, a connection with somebody. Family means having, and I'm going to explain this interestingly, so say with me. So familiarity threat arises where the professional accountant has close personal or business relationship with the client or 
with management and those charged with governance. So it arises where the professional accountant, it arises where the professional accountants have a close personal or business relationship with the client entity with a client entity or management and those charged with governance management and those charged with governance that is the issue about familiarity threat so two things please stay with me carefully on this one so there is what is called personnel and there is what is called business business so personal has to do with things such as family or relatives or maybe close friends or associates so let me explain this to you very well this is what is happening here this is what is happening here this is very this is what is happening here let's say that i am auditing a company in which my wife is the auditor okay so let's say that i am the engagement partner so just an example so say i'm the engagement partner auditing fm whatever let's say that we are auditing uh, van limited and let's say van limited the chief finance officer of van limited is my wife stay with me carefully and i'm the one the engagement partner heading the audit team to go and audit the company what do you think is likely to happen do you think that my objectivity is not going to be affected it will be affected and then if i see something that i'm supposed to report on it maybe i'm supposed to tell the, uh, the board about it or maybe i'm supposed to tell the management of the company about it or maybe i may have to inform shareholders about it because of her role because of her attitude because or because of her responsibility i may not be able to do it because if i report my wife to the board to the management team or include something she did to in the auditor's report even though i wouldn't name drop her I am letting her lose her job. Are you getting it? And I don't want her to lose her job. So my professional judgment is going to be affected because of the fact that my wife is the CFO of the company. That is what we mean by familiarity threats. Familiarity threat. That is why as, a, as an auditor, we cannot audit a firm in which we have that relationship. But but you got to be careful here. You realize that I said I am the engagement partner. If I'm the engagement partner, then certainly this audit cannot be undertaken. But if I'm if I am just a trainee accountant on the team, and my wife is the CFO of the company, that is not really a big deal, because uh, 
if I'm a trainee accountant on the audit team, I may not do huge responsibility. I may not do. I may not carry out really significant aspect of the audit. And whatever I do will be reviewed by somebody. So in that case, I may not have to be removed from the audit. But in the case that I'm a and I'm an engagement partner, and this is my wife's uh, company that she's a C CFO, I would have to be removed from the audit. So when it comes to familiarity threats, to be able to decide how, uh, the possible causes of action, we must assess the materiality and look at the person involved in the transaction. Are, are you getting the picture very well? So that is something that you need to understand here. That's something that you need to understand. That is what we mean by familiarity threats. Familiarity threats. Or let's say that again, again, let's say this. Again, let's say I'm a CFO of a company and then uh, management is deciding on maybe doing, uh, undertaking a project. Okay, so management is deciding on undertaking a project. So let's say that my wife is a shareholder of the company. Then I go and tell my wife about the project management want to announce. And I know that if management announces this project, the share price of the company will go up. So I go and tell my wife so that my wife buys more shares in the company. What am I doing? That is a familiarity threat. But what code of ethics am I breaching here? I am breaching the code of ethics of confidentiality. And I'm also breaching the code of ethics of the issue in relation to professional behavior. Right? Because that information is not available to the public. This is where insider dealing and those things can be mentioned. It can be insider dealing. Because insider dealing is where a selected group of people either within the company or outside the company, have access to an information or a significant information that makes them to make investment decisions which other investors or other stakeholders don't have access to. So that is it about this. So familiarity threats can actually have a lot on us as auditors, It could, as professional accountants as well. It could cause us to breach confidentiality because i'm not supposed to have told my wife about a project management wants to do but because she's my wife maybe i got home early and then she uh did a good work for me uh, uh, did i say good work she cooked for me after cooking i mean we were chatting da 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 da, da. then i start talking <laughs> and she's my wife oh babe how was your day then i said oh my day was okay but can you imagine Management is planning to announce some big project too. And I said, hey, this project is bigger than whatever project that they have, they have done. I think that you have to, tomorrow morning, if you get up, if you have some money, go and buy more of the shares because I know the shares of the company will go up. What am I doing? Confidentiality. I'm not supposed to tell her that. And if, it, if they found out later on that she made some benefits and I was the CFO of the company and I told her, I may be fined for insider dealing and I could be jailed for that. It does not make sense. So that is the issue about familiarity threats on the personal level, on the personal level. Then on the business level, familiarity threats can come in due to having what we call a long business association. 
a long business association. That is why it is recommended that an audit firm should not audit a firm for more than three to five years. That means there has to be some rotation. But in, in Ghana here, allegedly, there are certain audit firms that have audited certain companies for 20 years, for 15 years, for 10 years. Familiarity threats. Because if the same audit firm audits the company, and chances are even the same audit team is going there every year, year on year, there is going to be what? Familiarity threats. Our objectivity is going to be affected. Our confidentiality is likely to be breached as we get closer at the end of the day. Then, if we are partners with a firm, there could be some familiarity threats that could come in there in that particular case. If we are partners or we are associates, it could be something that will cost us at the end of the day in that case. Then if we are offering some other non-assurance services, it could result into familiarity threat. So if we are offering some other non-assurance services like bookkeeping, like tax returns, like valuation of assets, these are non-assurance uh, services that we could offer to the firm. And when we do these more and more, it breaches the gap of independence and we may be uh, not doing the right thing at the end of the day. Um, traditionally, separate firms or separate team will be required to do the tax, and then another team will be required to do the audit. But technically, for like listed companies, the same firm is not required to do the audit and at the same time provide other assurance services to the clients or to the company in that particular case. That is what we mean by familiarity threats. Something arising because of what? Having a close personal or business relationship. When an accountant is exposed to this threat, there are two options available or three. Either you decline from the engagement based on the significance of the engagement involved, or his work is going to be reviewed at the end of the day, or uh, we don't do anything at all, and whatever we do will be reviewed by another senior person at the end of the day. So for instance, the issue about my wife, me auditing my wife's company, if there is nobody else to replace me on that engagement, I could be allowed to still carry out the engagement. But when I'm done, my auditor's reports or that I intend to issue and my audit working paper will be reviewed by another person who is independent to the engagement before I can issue my auditor's report. So sometimes, even though it is material, if the audit firm cannot find replacement, the, the person could still carry out the engagement, then the person's work will be independently examined by another engagement partner who is independent of the engagement. That is what we mean by familiarity threats. Does that make sense? Any questions for me, please? Any questions for me, please? Any questions for me, please put it in the chat for me. Put it in the comment section for me if you have any questions. I see some questions coming up. Let's see if I can address them real quick. Emmanuel Sylvie said, God bless you, Inshira, for impacting the whole world. Amen. Sylvie, thanks very much for joining us. Ankama Ebenezer Kwabena said, my question is how long can an auditor audit the books of a company in order to minimize the threat of familiarity? Thank you. Yeah, technically it's required that there should be a rotation between three to five years. But then there is also another uh, school of thought that states that 
the same audit firm can audit the company as long as it wants to audit it if regularly we rotate the audit team members. So for instance, the same team will carry out the audit for three years. Then after that, a different team will go to that company. So when we rotate the audit team, then the familiarity threat could be what? Reduced. So even though they are representing the firm, the people coming to do the audits are different. So we can reduce the uh, thing. So it is either rotating uh, the audit team members every uh, three, three to five years or carrying out the audit every three to five years and then you stop so that another firm will come and carry out the audits in that case. So that is a way that we can reduce the familiarity threat. Ankama Ebenezer, let me know if that makes sense for you. Please let me know any questions, put it in the chat, put it in the comment. I want to hear from you guys. Let me know, let me know, let me know. Joe Owusu Efriye said, thank you, Mishira, for the insight. Always a pleasure, Joe Owusu Efriye. Kletos Abaduri said, Mishira, I like the way you are talking, taking your time to explain this 10 marks topic, which we can easily score. Good work done. Kletos Abaduri Abuasi. Okay, thanks very much, Kletos, for that one really appreciate it yeah it's a 10 marks done deal area so if you get it that's why i'm doing this live stream so that you can get this 10 marks okay if you can score the whole 10 marks easily if you really understand ethics if you really understand ethics and thanks for the appreciation Pathon masharavati forgive me if i don't mention your name right okay but i think i'm gonna be staying with passion Good evening, Shira. God bless you. Pachon from Zimbabwe. Good evening, Pachon. Thanks for joining us on the live stream. Uh, Vincent Boster said, good evening, Shira. Watching from Morogoro, Tanzania. Okay, thanks very much for joining us from Tanzania. So we have the Ghanaian from Obwasi, and uh, we have the Zimbabwean here. We have the Tanzanians here and all the squad here. Um, Ankama Ebenezer Kwabena said, uh, understood. Okay, Ebenezer, that's fine. Let me know, put it in the chat, put it in the comments. Any questions you have for me? This is a 10 mark question, so anything that clouds your judgment, anything that makes you not know, really understand what is going on, please comment, ask about it because this is a done deal area, and I want you to make sure you get it. Whether you are doing management accounting, financial reporting, corporate reporting. Advanced audit and assurance, strategic case study, uh, advanced taxation, all these papers, ethics is going to be there. So you're going to make sure that you really understand what's going on there. Amido Baje said, thank you, brother. God bless you. God bless you too. Thanks for joining us. Gambia. Okay, from Gambia. Thanks very much for joining us from Gambia. Please share the video uh, and share the channel. We have a lot of content on our YouTube channel covering various topics on the channel. So we really will appreciate it if you share it in your respective uh, circle, on your respective social media handles. It will really, really help us so we can reach a lot of students and together assist a lot of students. My goal for this live stream is to be able to reach hundreds of thousands of students across the globe and provide them with the assistance that they need so you can go into the exam hall, pass the exam, and become successful in that regard. So please help us. 
share the video in your respective countries, in your respective circles, on your respective platforms, and let's get a lot of students coming in there and watching the live stream and watching the video or other videos on the channel. Okay, let's go. So that is familiarity threats. So quick recap, quick recap, quick recap. Self-interest. You have something to gain in the transaction, in the entity, in the activity. Because you have something to gain, your professional judgment will be affected. You may not be honest to the people, integrity, and you may not behave in a manner that you are supposed to behave. Professional, do care. Self-review threats. You are required to give an independent opinion or assessment of something which you were involved in preparation, which you were involved in putting together. Because you are reviewing something you did yourself or something that you know somebody who did it, what is going to be happening is that your professional judgment is going to be affected and the manner in which you undertake the thing, you will not be able to undertake it. Then advocacy threat. This is where you make other people know or see you that you are representing the entity, you are with the entity, you are promoting the point of view of the entity. For that reason, your objectivity is going to be affected, your integrity is going to be affected, and your behavior is going to be affected. Then familiarity threat. The risk that is arising because uh, you are having a close personal or business relationship. When this happens, again, your objectivity is going to be affected, your integrity is going to be affected, and your professional behavior is definitely, definitely going to be affected. Now, the last one is my favorite one. You know, I'm always on the, on the, on the interesting side, and that is called intimidation threats. It's my favorite, and you will know why in a moment. Intimidation threats. Intimidation threats. What does it mean to be intimidated? Now, when we say someone is intimidated, what does it mean? It means the person becomes timid. The person is not able to be act freely. The person is under undue influence. The person is sort of coised to behave in a manner that he or she is not supposed to behave. And the person is going to do things that will not enhance quality at the end of the day. That is what we call intimidation threats. Intimidation threats. Now, I see a comment coming in from Stan Obi. Let me take it because it relates to uh, familiarity threats so that I don't miss it. So Stan Obi said, good PM, Ishira. Familiarity threats won't it lead to additional cost if another senior auditor reviews the report? Yes, certainly. It leads to an additional cost. And that cost will be paid definitely by the audit firm. And in that case, they may have to charge the audit, the client more money at the end of the day. So like the illustration I gave here, that's for instance, I'm the engagement partner and my wife is the CFO, but the audit firm doesn't want to lose this audit because we cannot have anybody else to replace me to undertake the audit. They will let me do the audit anyway. Then we will rather let another person at the end of the audit to review what I did. And it may incur another cost, but it is what it is. We have to pay for that. In that case, we, will, we may have to charge the client entity more for it, or we will lose some money for undertaking the audit. So yes, it, it leads to another uh, additional cost to the audit firm 
But if the audit firm is able to charge the client entity substantially well, it could cover up at the end of the day so that we can do quality audit. The reason why we need to let another person review it is to enhance quality audit. Because, you know, like I said, if my wife makes a mistake, I may not sell her out to the board like that because if she loses her job, she comes to stay in the house. Who pays? Who 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 will be the only person paying for the bills? We have to pay the bills together, you know. <laughs> Eric said, "Boss, can one treat? Sorry, can one threat? I think that's what you wanted to say. Can one threat be linked to different code of ethics? Yes, like I was illustrating a moment ago about self review threat. You could see that self review threat." will make you not to be honest. So integrity will, will influence your professional judgment, objectivity, will influence the way you are supposed to act, due care, professional due care, self-interest threat. I mentioned that it will again affect your objectivity. It will affect your integrity because you may be presenting misleading uh, financial statements and financial reports, and then you will not behave in a manner that you are supposed to behave. So yes, one threat can actually uh, let you breach a lot of the code of ethics depending on how we are talking about it. So yes, Eric, that can be more than one. Stan Obi, let me know if uh, my explanation makes sense for you. And then Eric, let me know if that makes sense for you in that case. Now we are hoping that from next week, possibly we'll have a phone in uh, segment on the show where you'll be able to phone in directly and then you speak to me directly and you ask your questions directly. Because I understand that sometimes, I mean, typing the questions sometimes uh, may not throw the point as you want it to be uh, heard or to be known. So we are hoping that from next week, we will have some phone in segments. Uh, we are just fixing on the devices and the gadgets for that part to add into our live stream. So hopefully from next week, we'll have some phone in segments where You'll be able to call in on the show and then you talk to me directly and share your thoughts on, on that one. So stay tuned for that also. Eric said, yes, understood. Okay. So intimidation threat, intimidation threat. So like I said, you, you are intimidated. You are acting in a way that you're not supposed to act. So an intimidation threat arises when... So we see that it arises when the professional auditor, or let's say the professional accountant, the professional accountant has a reason to be intimidated has a reason to be intimidated by the client or other key personnel. By the client or other key personnel. Now, I'm going to explain this for you in a moment. I'm going to explain this for you in a moment. So, intimidation threats. Technically, what we are saying here is that you, the auditor, you're going to act in a manner that is against standards, that is against the general norms, that is against what is expected of you at the end of the day. Now, what are some of the sources? One, threat of loss of job. 
could be an intimidation threat, threat of loss of job. So you are the accountant of the company, CEO comes and say, leases, recognize it as current liabilities. But you also know that in accordance with IFRS 16, leases should be uh, splitted between current and non-current. But the CEO said, do it current and on do it only current. If you don't do that and we don't get the loan, you will lose your job. He will sack you. You are being intimidated. For that reason, there will be undue influence on you, and you may it may affect your professional judgment. From the perspective of the auditor, it could be threats of loss of future engagements. So if you're an auditor and you see something and you want to talk about it or you want to include it in the auditor's report, you want to include it in your audit working paper, management can tell you, can tell you that, okay, you, if you like, include it. If you include it, this year is your last audit. We will make sure that you will not get any engagement with our company again. It's a threat. So you too, because you don't want to lose your clients now, this day and age, it, it's hard to even get some clients. So if you have some one or two clients, then... You want to dissatisfy them? No. You may be quiet and do the wrong thing to keep future engagements. To keep future engagements. So that could be there. Then sometimes status of some personnel could affect us. State of, of key personnel could intimidate us. So for instance, let's say that you are the auditor. Of, of a company in that particular case, and then you are going to audit. Now, as an auditor, the audit team is supposed to meet the board and the management team before the commencement of the audit. So you were part of the audit team or you are part of the audit team. Then, to your surprise, when you were meeting the board, the board chairman or the CEO of the company is somebody you reverence so much someone you 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 love so much or maybe the person is even your pastor okay and you 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 sort of eulogize this person you 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 like you love this person so much so that you see the person you're like wow this woman is here what a what a wow that means this company will be run perfectly that means this company, they will never make do any fraud. They will never steal any money. Internal controls will work very well. Hey, 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 hey. May I suggest to you, that is not always the case. But that is intimidation threats. Because of the knowledge you have, because of the way you know the person, you are like, the way I know this person, if he is the CEO of this company, he is the board chairman of this company, he is on the board of this company, nothing can go wrong. For that reason, that could cloud your judgment so that if you are reviewing things, you won't review the things the way you are supposed to review. Because remember, as an auditor, one of the key attributes you must have is called professional skepticism, meaning having a questioning mind and being alert for evidence having a question in mind and being alert for evidence. But if you look at the status of the person, it may affect you in that particular case. So that is also another source of intimidation threat. Then blackmail can be another source. 
black male can be another source. So this is where you are like, uh, you've seen something, you want to include it in the, in the auditor's report. Management says, don't include it. The other time you went to audit FM and you helped them to get listed on the stock exchange market, even though the financial statement were wrong. If you like, include our own. We will bring you out and you will see what will happen to you. Blackmail. Blackmail. So blackmail could also intimidate you because if you are blackmailed and you know you're wrong, you're going to be in trouble. Especially, <laughs> there is one politician in, in, in the country, uh, like uh, his, his name is here in Ghana, his name is Kennedy Japan. Now, this is just for illustrative purposes, okay? Kennedy Japan. Like, if somebody is talking, 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 he can just come and say, hey, tell that person to be quiet because I have A, B, and C, and D on the person. If the person like, he should continue to talk. I will bring it out. Before you know it, the person has kept quiet. <laughs> Because you you know that there is something you did wrong and probably this man may have it. So you don't want to talk at the end of the day. So it, it makes you to act in a manner that you wouldn't have acted under normal circumstances. That is blackmail, all right? That's just for illustrative purposes. Or my, my, my last one is Agba Lagba, okay? Threat of death. This is the serious one. I mean, even before I talk about that, maybe let me talk about... Okay, let me just take that. Threat of death. Okay, threat of death. I mean, this is this is the serious one. This is where, I mean, yeah, you see something, it's a very serious issue. We don't want you to report about it, but you are another time you are like, hey, media, I'm a Christian. I'm an astute Muslim. I stand on the, on the promise of God. Nothing is going to be wrong. If it is red, I'm going to say it. If it is blue, I'm going to say it. Okay. Okay. Continue. You continue. If you finish the auditor's report in your flight or in your vehicle home, before you close your eyes and open, you are with your great-grandfather having dinner. They have thrown Agbalagba for you. So threat of death can make you to keep quiet and do the wrong thing so that you live long. Because at least salt is sweet. There is a saying in tree here in Ghana that says in Chineyede, or salt is sweet. I mean, you don't want to die. So sometimes that, now that is a serious one where you are thrown Agbalagba. So before you know it, you are having dinner with your great-grandchildren or great-grandfathers, sorry, great-grandfathers You've heard a lot about them. Before you know, you are sitting down and having dinner with them. Then you'll be like, where the heck am I? Yeah, you are an auditor. We said don't do it, and you did it. So that is the results you get. These are some of the sources of intimidation threats. When any of these things happen, it makes the auditor to act in a manner that he or she is not expected to act. And his professional judgment, his integrity, his professional behavior, and his due care is going to be affected at the end of the day. Let me know. Any questions, please? Any questions, please? So these are some of the things you need to understand when we talk about the uh, threats to professional accountants. Let me know. Any questions for me, please? Any questions for me, please? Any questions for me, please? Remember, you can download our mobile application on the App Store for those of you using iPhone, iPads, 
or the Google Play Store. For those of you on Android, you can download our mobile application and get access to exclusive content also in the mobile application so that you can study well. There are exclusive content in the app that may not be available here on YouTube that will help you to really study well. It's a whole uh, suite of courses on its own. So you can get that. Then also remember, you can listen to our podcast on all your podcast streaming platform. Just search for Insura Premium wherever you get your podcast. And I should be there. Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Breaker, all of these platforms, we are there. And uh, you can get access to our podcast as well on all these platforms. I see some comments coming in. Please let me know. Any questions for me, please? Any questions for me, please? Let me know. Um, any questions? Do you understand the threats? Um, what are some of the things you would want me to share my thought on real quick? I see some comments coming in. Amil, sorry, Amedu said, uh, forgive me if I don't mention your name right, right? Hi, I want you to explain fees, dependence, threats on listed companies and unlisted company. And what is listed company a listed company is simply a company that is listed on a on a stock exchange like the ghana stock exchange the new york stock, stock exchange or the uh london stock exchange uh market that is a listed company that's a listed company so uh, i don't understand the context of your question i want you to explain fees dependence threats uh let me know i don't i don't get the context pretty well give me a, a context Abdullah Bapa said, thanks for your effort. Always a pleasure. Then Abdullah came again and said, God bless you, Shira. God bless you too, Abdullah. Eric said, if a professional auditor accepts a lunch, <laughs> does he breach the code of ethics? No, 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 no. I mean, a lunch is normal. Okay? Like, lunch, a lunch is normal. I mean, a lunch is not a big deal. You go buy a lunch for yourself. So if you go and the company gives you a lunch, that's okay. But, but, Remember I told you yesterday when we we're talking about the code of ethics that gift and hospitality can be a threat. Okay? So the materiality of the gift determines whether it becomes a threat or not. So let me explain. Let's say, for instance, uh, you go to the company, Eric, you go and then maybe the CEO calls you to his office and then he said, um, I'm just coming from Dubai and then he gets you whatever. Let's say he gets you an Apple Watch, or he gets you the iPhone 13 Pro Max, or he gets you, uh, what can he get you? Again, let's say some uh, Tom Ford suit, $1,500, he gets that to you. Now, you got to be careful about those kind of gifts because of the amount that is involved. Okay, like yesterday I was saying, you don't say, oh, my God has answered my prayers. Oh, God is so good. 2021, oh, God is... No, 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 please, 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 please. It's not God. It's the devil working on you. Why is that important? Because, you see, the materiality of the gift could impair your judgment. Because when you take those gifts at the end of the day, what is going to happen is that if you see something and you want to now approach the man, you, you will be a little bit, you know, back and you have to, you'll be careful because, hey, you, you are just given an, uh, maybe an iPhone 13 Pro Max or maybe an expensive Tom Ford suit or maybe an expensive watch given to you or something like that. So it could affect you. So gift and hospitality could affect 
could result into uh, a self-interest threat, could have a component of um, familiarity threat, could have a component of even advocacy threat. So that will cause the auditor to uh, not behave in a manner that is expected to behave. So lunch, lunch is not a big deal. I mean, it's, it's not because lunch, what lunch uh, can you be given? Yeah, maybe you are taken to a five-star hotel to have a lunch. I mean, lunch is lunch. It's not that big beer like that. But hospitality and gift, we can we have to determine its materiality. If it is really material, then you may have to decline it and not take it in that case. So that is the issue about that. Eric, let me know if that makes sense uh, for you there. Let me know if that makes sense for you. So that is the issue in relation to the code of ethics and then the threats that we are exposed to. But a question we ask ourselves is, Inshira, how will the examiner set the question? Because in your exam hall, the examiner may not come and say, oh, explain self-review threat, explain intimidation threat, da 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 No, 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 no. A scenario will be given, and from the scenario, you have to fish out the various things. And that is what we're going to be doing, God willing, tomorrow. So I'm going to be concluding around here today, and tomorrow... We will take a question, some questions. We will do two questions on code of ethics so that you see how you write out your answers when it comes to dealing with this 10 mark area in the exam hall. So we're going to read the question. Then in the question, we will identify the threat that we were, the person is exposed to. Then we'll connect the threat to the code of ethics that is being breached, then we will look at the possible causes of action that we can take. So I'm going to conclude around here today on it, and God willing, tomorrow we will look at a full or two full practice questions on code of ethics so that you see how you can answer this most importantly 10 mark area in the exam hall. Any questions for me, please? Any questions for me? Any questions for me? Uh, Mashud, Zainab, Elvis, and Kobia Kokrai. Forgive me if I don't mention your name right, okay? Uh, thanks very much for uh, the thumbs up on the video on uh, Facebook. Really, really appreciate. Um, I'm seeing a comment coming up. What time are you starting tomorrow? Zambia time. Uh, I don't know Zambia time, but the time is 4.30 p.m. GMT. 4.30 p.m. GMT, so you can check 4.30 p.m. GMT in Zambia time. Oh, I don't know what that could be, but please check that. It's 4.30 p.m. GMT, so if you check that in Zambia time, I don't know what that could be. Let me see if I can do that. In Zambia. Four thirty PM. Okay, in Zambia, that is six thirty PM. So Zambia is two hours ahead of Ghana. So in Zambia, that is around 6.30 p.m., I guess. Something like that. Okay, Joseph Mumbi. Uh, I don't know if the time converter I, I just looked at on Google is okay, but 
that that is what it is so you can check it on your own but it's 4 30 p.m gmt so guys thanks very much for joining me on the live stream uh like i said this is a 10 mark area if you are doing corporate reporting if you are doing advanced audit and assurance if you are doing strategic case study it's a huge area if you are doing financial reporting management accounting advanced taxation it's a huge area so god willing tomorrow we're going to take some questions and see how we can answer ethical questions and write out our english in that case okay and write out our english in that case and i'll catch you same time tomorrow thanks very much for joining us on the live stream and thanks guys for the thumbs up on uh youtube as well really appreciate for those of you give us a thumbs up on youtube thanks very much it's really really uh helps us to reach many students on help to grow the channel as well so i'll catch you same time tomorrow as we practice a question on this one as we practice a question on this one so thanks very much take care of yourself stay safe and see you tomorrow bye bye